Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Hey, uh, we're in a great series right now called Love in Our City. We love this city and I want you to know uh, we're not a little community church, although we love community. Okay, community is imperative, but we're awakened as a city church, which means a city church means that at the end of the day, it's not enough that your and I lives are better. If the city we've been set in hasn't been shifted or changed or transformed or impacted, um, then we really, what are we doing here? If we're the, the city on a hill, the light of the world, the salt of the earth, but the earth hasn't been transformed or impacted, then what are we doing? And so what I want us to capture today is the heart of God to put bigness and strength inside of us so that our city's different. Has anybody looked around lately and recognized that this city's jacked up? <laughs> it needs help. I, I, is there anything in the city other than the sunshine and the Padres right now. God, let's go. And uh, about time. But uh, that is working. Let's just look at the political system. Do you trust in it? Are you confident in it? How about the, the arts and entertainment? Like, how many of you know that we're uh, taking Night of Christmas to the Rady Shell? Rady Shell. We're going to impact 20,000 people in one night. Rady Shell was just voted the top venue in the nation. Now, yeah, we put on productions in arts and entertainment around here that, that aren't just for us, that are for the city. You see, God is an artist. He's a creative, the creator, capital C. He actually likes creativity to be um, run and, and um, led by us. He doesn't like perverted creativity. Yeah. Haven't you ever found the funniest, funniest comedians don't have to drop 17 F-bombs? They're just funny. He likes humor. He likes creativity. He likes us in the Rady Shell. But the devil doesn't like us in the Rady Shell. So guess what? They found out that we were awakened. And they're like, oh, Sorry. We don't do religious organizations, especially Awaken. We're a bit disruptive. Listen, we didn't come to leave the city the way we found it. We don't like the condition of our city. We actually want to fix stuff, change stuff, disrupt stuff. We're actually here to make it better. We're not here to complain about it either. We're here to shift it. So they sent us a letter saying, sorry. You know what we did? Oh, shoot. Well, maybe next, that's the devil. Must not have been God's will. Oh, no, no. We happen to know some people that know how to fight battles, like Roe versus Wade, praying coaches, 
Kelly Shackelford said, hey, I can help you. Send a little letter back. He happens to live his whole life protecting religious freedom. And he wanted to partner with us. So we sent a nice little letter back saying, uh, actually, no, you won't be revoking our night of Christmas. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we're so excited to have you. <laughs> Come on! Don't think the enemy's just going to roll over. But guess what? If you can get a little backbone, and he confronts you, and you don't move back, remember in the day of evil, having all the stand, just keep standing. Sometimes we'll get right up in your mug and you just smile. You might be pitter-patting it inside, but we're getting a backbone. We're getting a backbone. How many of you need a backbone? Golly. You'll get one here. Every spirit culture. We're going after it. We're going to strengthen it. We love our city enough to be strong in every sphere. So uh, one of my heroes, if you didn't notice, my name's Colin Higginbottom. That's about as British of a name as you can ever find. So I'm always looking for British heroes. You might have noticed a little Winston Churchill in me. Huh? Maybe a little Braveheart. A little William Wallace. You were wondering, hey, that guy, I don't know what it is. Or maybe it was Bond. James Bond. Aston Martins. Come on. What I love about James Bonds, he says, they say you are judged by the strength of your enemies. We got enemies in this city. Some of them are demonic. And what I like is being trusted to take down evil. Yeah, remember the gates of hell shall not prevail against the righteous? Don't you want to be the righteous? Do you really want to live a life without a fight? Come on, I mean, really? A tame, timid, safe life? Is that really what you want? Or wouldn't you like to be engaged in the warfare of warfares? Fighting for righteousness in cities? Because when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when we continue to advocate our responsibility to engage in the affairs of the city, the wicked continue to rule and the people suffer and the fallout is greater. And then actually you spend all your time cleaning up messes that if you would just confront evil and step into your rightful place in the city, you would actually stop a lot of the fallout we see across the board. Are you sure you want to hear this today? Let's go. Now, how does Mr. Bond like his martinis? That's a great martini. That's a horrible life. So the message today is stirred, not shaken. <laughs> oh, I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. We're going to start with one of my favorite prophets, the prophet Haggai. And what I like about him is he came on the scene at a time where Israel had abandoned the God that made him great. Anytime you abandon or step back from the principles of God, of family, of the sanctity of life, of the value of the, the nuclear family, anytime you start calling good evil and evil good, 
and in all the spheres of, of, of the city and the nation begins to abandon the principles that made it great, guess what? You begin to lose your power. You begin to lose your effectiveness. You become weak and compromised. Oh, welcome to America. So what I love about God is he's always raising up people to bring us back to what God originally intended. Wouldn't you like to be that people? You are. So Haggai comes on the scene, and what I like is he begins to see and sense what a big God, a lion of Judah God, a God who's not intimidated by anything, any nation, any tyrant. There's no one in history, Hitler, Mussolini, Mussolini. there's no one in history that God has ever been intimidated by. There's no city, there's no nation that has ever been like, oh, whoa, 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 back up a little. No, he actually likes a fight, and he likes to take evil down. He just needs a people to partner with. In fact, one of the things that God doesn't like is people that don't think they're capable of taking the land. Oh, look, remember Caleb and Joshua? Well, you know their name. Do you know the other 10 names? No, they died in the wilderness outside of the promise of God. Yeah, he wasn't very happy with the naysayers. We can't be a church of naysayers when God's saying, I'm calling you in to take territory and to take cities and to take industries and to ship things. You can't be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That might not be God's will. You all right? You feel a little stirred? Not shaking though, right? All right, let's get into this. Haggai. Haggai. Chapter 2, it's only two, two chapters, but God comes to him twice in the middle of um, about a three-month season and says what he's getting ready to do. And you always want to be a person that knows what God is wanting to do. If you can capture the word of, the, of God for your life, your city, your business, your family, um, that's when you become potent, okay? So let's capture the word. In a fallen culture where righteousness had been forsaken and abandoned, God spoke up and spoke in to what he wanted to do. We need to have ears that hear and eyes that see what he is is showing us and what he is saying. So I want you to tune in. I, I want you to catch something. You with me? For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. In just a little while, I will again. Shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the treasuries of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver's mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. It's interesting how he just happens to call out finances, if you continue to let the wicked have the finances in America, they will call all the shots. They will determine everything. We have to be people that re-engage in every sphere of culture. Okay. Then he goes, three months later, have you ever had God speak to you? And then you need him to speak to you again? Yeah. Pretty much all of us. He says, tell Zerubbabel, the governor. Again, he's interested in the governors having the word of the Lord. 
Because I wonder if, if you're in the political space, if it's a little bit of a fight right now, Andre. Have you found that the, the wicked are just opening the door for you? Well, come on in. Come on in and confront our perverse ideology. No, no, no. They're like, stay out. Keep out. So it's interesting how the word of the Lord wants to come to those going in to embattled. You, you with me? So if you're facing some giants, this might be for you. This is what he says. Tell Zerubbabel, tell Andre, the governor of Judah, that I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. I'm going to overthrow royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and their riders. Their horses will fall and their riders will kill each other. But when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I'm going to honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shiltel. I'm going to make you my servant. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have chosen you, I, the Lord, of heaven's armies have spoken. Pretty good word. You all right with me? Do we need God to shake some things up? Okay, the danger is God wants to shake things, but you and I can't afford to be shaken right along with them. And when you and I are caught up in the systems of this world, see, you and I are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Salt and light, engaged, leading, influential but not caught up in the system. The systems of our world are what take you down. And when God shakes the systems of the world, the danger is if you and I are right in there, hoping in the same economy, reading the same reports. God needs to pull us out and have us built on his rock. Let's go. Let's go to Hebrews. And then we're going to get into this word. Somehow, some way. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. Here he is again, shaking things up. You have a God that's potent. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I'll shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all creation will be shaken and removed so, to, so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a devouring fire. What the heck? Okay, now, you gotta get this. When I feel the most close to God is when he's dropped an acronym into my heart. And I just know that I have the word of the Lord when it, when it comes in the form of an acronym. And I was thinking, shake just felt right. Yep, and so we're gonna, we're gonna learn how to shake the city and be unshakable. Let's start with the S in shake. Serving stirs greatness. Remember the early disciples? Yeah, they're like you and I. They're out fishing, fighting over who has the biggest fish, biggest catch. Come on. Religion will try to tell you not to be competitive, not to want to be great. But even the disciples were like, ah, I'm going to be the best in heaven. I'm like, you know what I love about Jesus? He's not like, oh, boys. You know I've called you to be eunuchs. If you're going to follow me, we're going to need to snip those. Uh, can't have you competing out there, wanting to be big and strong. And 
He's like, I like the bravado. I like the competitiveness. I actually want you to be great. But can I define it for you properly? He said, the greatest of all will serve the most. He who wants to be first will put everyone in front of them. The greater leader you are has everything to do with the greater servant you are. But you see, religion will try to pull greatness out of you. But God wants to put greatness in you. You know what made Mother Teresa amazing? It wasn't that she served the poor. It's that she served so many. She enlarged her capacity to serve. And my question to you is, have you allowed God to grow you so your impact and your serve can be enlarged? Greatness has everything to do with how many people you can serve. Does your small life really serve a lot of people? You see, God came that you'd have life and life abundant at scale, enlarged. Why? So you can have more stuff or so you can serve more people? (laughs) All right. The H that's in the word shake is holy. Actually, holy obsession or holy passion. And I don't know about you, but actually, I want to show a picture of um, our, our little company, okay? Uh, if you could bring up the one about sustainable, I want to talk about uh, our company real quick. And if you guys know my story at all, um, 31 years old, divorced, living on my mom's couch with nothing. Loved God, but nothing was working in my life. And so what I want to share, you have to understand, like God has done crazy things. And, um, but at, at the time, I was taught that you could only do two things that God was interested in. You could be a pastor or a missionary, and it was usually to some part of the world you didn't want to go to. So if you had terrible fears of going to Bosnia, somehow God heard that, and he was going to call you to Bosnia. You with me? So the, the only two things you could do are pastoral work and missionary work. And the more miserable you were, the more pleased he was. This is not that church. And you know the only thing you couldn't do? You couldn't prosper. Oh, brother, because money's the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of money. But I, I was bent on only doing holy things and certainly doing it broke. Anybody with me? Like, come out of that. You will have no impact. If your life sucks and you only do things you suck at, you're not helping anyone. If the only scripture you know is God's strength is perfected in my weakness, so therefore you're doing things all the time that you're awful at, thinking that God's pleased and benefiting from your awful life, you know what changed it for me? I had kids. And when I started watching my four amazing kids do things they were good at, I loved it. 
I wanted him to do more. But then I'd watch him to do things they were really bad at. And I wanted him to stop. Like, you're not helping anyone. No one benefits. And I started to realize I'm a decent father, but he's a perfect father. He wants you and I doing the things we love that recharge us, that, that, are, that we're good at, that we actually benefit people. You're still going to need his power and his strength. So I finally, one day, I'd been married for six months, and I was in my house, and I was praying, because that's been my lifestyle. And um, that time, the Holy Spirit came to me, and he said, I want you to start a company called Sustainable Interiors. And I remember my wife, I just married into her two little boys. We just celebrated 18 years. Yeah. And uh, both of us had come out of divorce, so the chances of our relationship working weren't that high, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but what I love about God is he can take something that's dysfunctional and not just forgive it. He can repair it and restore it and start to use it. So he thought, he thought that I was the comical choice for business because I believed that I could only serve God in ministry or missionary work and I had to be poor. So he's like, could I find anyone in the world that I could rub the devil's face in a true obsession? He thought he'd use me. And so I get this call to start this company and I remember my wife walked down, she's like, what's going on, babe? I'm like, I feel I have this blueprint, I have this, this like architectural plan of how to start this business called Sustainable Interiors. And I remember she said the three most powerful words she, you could ever say to your husband. She said, I trust you. And so uh, we embark on this journey and here we are, I want you to know. Uh, 17 years later, we, we're doing 50 million a year right now. This guy, yeah, hear me, hear me. This guy, Jack Hartman. Yeah. He, he works for us. We just made him vice president of uh, Sustainable. He gave last year, him and his wife, Candace, $50,000 to vision builders. You heard the vision builder story? So that we could build altars of transformation so little babies wouldn't be aborted, but they can be brought forth not just in life, but in health and in function. So families aren't torn apart by devil and disease, but we actually have houses of transformation. So anyway, uh, I didn't know you could be obsessed with flooring. That's like the most common thing that's ever been around. But for whatever reason, God gave me this dream to build a flooring company. Now, why I think he did that is because nobody in here has anything less sexy than flooring. <laughs> so what I think is if you could give God whatever it is your dream is, and allow him to write his plan through your passion, your obsession. He knew I had business skills. He knew he engineered me for leadership. He knew he engineered me for this. What has he engineered you for? It's gotta be cooler than flooring, come on. 
But you know what I love about God is he hides his glory or his treasure in common. And he's actually taken something that's very common and he's made it special, holy. It's become a holy obsession. And I want you to know something. If you're going to shake things, there's going to be things that you're going to need to do that might feel common. But it's not what they are, it's how you do them. My boy, JD, the real deal. He's one of my dearest friends. You know what he's obsessed about? Sleep systems. I know, I just bought one. I just spent $11,000 on a sleep system. You know why? And I got a good deal. You know why? Because I spend, I spend eight hours every day in my bed. And I want to wake up revived. I'm looking at my, like, Garmin, and it's like, your sleep scores are 63. I'm like, come on, I'm doing my best. <laughs> but my boy's passionate about sleep, and he likes to serve people. So he's helping me out, and I just love you, J.D. I love you and Rachel. You guys are world-class parents. You're a world-class family. You changed my life just getting to know you. I love you. What, just think of the people that are in this room. If they could just be themselves, the authentic version of themselves, actually be obsessed. Obsession just means you're willing to pay a price. Oh, yeah. Another word is passion. You know what they called Jesus the week before he was crucified? They called it Passion Week. That means he so valued you and I that he would pay a price for us. That's why it's called Passion Week. He wasn't jumping around all excited. He's not passionate weak like me. That's a personality type. No matter how your personality is, it will never excuse you from the price tag of greatness. There's a price tag. The stakes are high. The city's on the line. Our youth are on the line. Everything's on the line. And if we are willing to pay a price while we have an opportunity, we won't bring any change. We'll continue to deteriorate instead of shaking evil out of the earth. Is this okay? I feel so much freaking life in here. I'm like kind of losing my mind. I'm about to do a Rachel kick. I'm about to do one. I like a church that kicks the devil in the face. I don't like churches that are talking about the devil. The devil's after me. The whole story is about how big the devil is. We sing songs all morning about how big God is. Don't be talking to God about how big your devil is. You talk to your circumstances and your situation about how ridiculously amazing your God is. That's how we speak. That's how we speak. That's how we speak. Okay. Let's keep moving. Oh, okay, okay, so the A. We're going to get through these. Promise. We're going we're gonna to speed it up a little. Say so speed it up, guy. Holy cow. A is adversity stirs advantages. Now, I want to back up a little bit. Anybody live through 2020 in here? Was anybody shaken a little by the conditions? For us... Our weekly expenses are about a million dollars a week. 
And so I had a friend come over for what was supposed to be a prayer meeting, but it was more like a wine session, complain session, state of the affair session. Didn't leave there feeling any strength. Left there like, oh wow, things are bad. Things are difficult. Wow, Jesus, come back. Come back and rescue me. Far be it that you would put power in me to do anything about the earth. Just come and rescue me. It's too difficult. What? Well, that's, so for three weeks, I started caving, like a lot of us did, to the pressure. All of our jobs were shut down. A lot of them were, not all of them. But when you're caving to pressure, what looks bad is amplified. Have you ever laid in bed and let your imagination go down 10 miles of bad road? <laughs> Within 10 minutes, you've jumped off a bridge. <laughs> Anybody with me? Everything's falling apart in 10 minutes of you imagining things? Well, I was that way for about three weeks. And I was really feeling it. Like, like I was really heavy. It was, it was a horrible season. And, and I, needed, I needed peace. I didn't have any. And I was hoping that circumstances would change so that I could be at peace. And what God began to challenge me, our church was going through a, a series called Faith Over Fear. What was I living in? Fear. Fear was dominating my thoughts all day, every day. I was like a zombie to everything that mattered to me because I was fully under fear and anxiety. I was being shaken quite violently. That's what they talked about Peter. Remember Peter and uh, before he was Simon, he was a reed. That means he was just shaken. And then his name was changed to rock, which, you know, I was a reed. Have you ever been shaken by circumstances? You might be being right now. And I remember I started to get around guys like Finn and guys like, guys that like, we weren't, it wasn't that it wasn't valid what we were in. It's that we couldn't stay there if we were going to make any difference. Have you discovered there's not a lot of solutions you can find when you're panicking? They could be right in front of you, but you don't see them because you're freaking out. That was me. But over time, about, in about three weeks, I began to shift and find peace. Peace in the presence, not, not because solutions came. Now, this, hear me. If you want to be unshakable, there is a peace that surpasses understanding. It's called the Prince of Peace. That means he has the capacity and the capability to break into things that you do not have answers for yet and begin to settle your soul. And when God begins to look in your eyes and tell you things like, I got you, I'm with you, I'm for you, we're going to get through this together. And he settles you in your soul. If you do not know him and you do not have that voice and you do not have that connection to God, you will not ever be in a position to be unshakable in the world we live in without a relationship with the Prince of Peace. It's not possible. There is no, this world is too violently shaking right now. But there is a Prince of Peace that you can know. You can know. Now listen, I knew him but my circumstances were still rattling me. And so I had to learn how to bring everything on to his rock and to his peace. And over about three weeks, I did it. But I want to tell you what happened. When you can find peace in a storm, you can begin to change the storm. You see, you can never have the authority over things that are shaking if you're shaking. 
It's only when you have found peace and stability and rock-solid connection with God that you now have the authority to silence things, to calm things, to find solutions. And we begin to find solutions. One at a time. It wasn't a light switch, but it was like a dimmer switch. Little by little, the lights began to turn on, and we began to find hope, began to find solutions, began to find payroll solutions. But let me tell you something else. I want, to hear about, I want you to hear the advantage that comes when you live at peace. The advantage was this. Um, after we were steady, steady, the world was going crazy. Everybody was panicking. Nobody was doing everything offensive or intentional. Everybody was, let's wait and see what happens. Nobody's investing. I find a peace that settles me. And then I begin to hear the voice of God say, I want you to start businesses. And he gave us five businesses to start since 2020. And I wanted, if you could pull that, that screen up, I want you to see. Like, I, I was rattled. I found Peace, and when you find peace, it gives you an advantage. When the world's going nuts and you're not, you're actually in an advantageous position. And so we started this Uncommon Solutions. That little company's blowing up right now. I want you to know we just made Mike Finn the president of Uncommon Solutions. I watch him, how faithful he is, taking care of Matt and Michaela, taking care of this campus. Incredible communicator. He's unbelievable at business. He's one of the most brilliant, creative, customer-facing minds I've ever worked with. And I work with great people all the time. And, and, uh, but I'm just telling you, you're such a blessing, man. You're going to take that thing far, and uh, we just love you guys. Can you give it up for Mike Finn? No, 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 listen. Listen. What if I would have stayed shaken? Probably would have lost sustainable. But you see, the advantage of peace when things are shaking is you get to build things that change other people's destiny in life. You get to serve more people. That's where life's fun, is when you're big enough to help people. When your prayers are no longer about your survival. And what happened is I was in survival mode. I'm going to die. And peace brought me out of that into, no, you're not going to die. You're going to create more wealth and cause more good. You're actually going to create more jobs. You're not going to lose jobs. Same circumstance. Nothing changed externally. Peace changed internally. And because peace got on the inside, when it gets on the inside of you, you become a change agent. You're no longer reading the temperature. You're setting it. We need to set the temperature in this city, not read it. The K, King's speech stirs heaven's response. We've been hearing about it today, like, what's, your language always locates you. I love that vision builder's testimony so much. Like, like listen, they had lots of voices in their head. Voices of fear, voices of our baby's going to die. Listen, the world is crazy, and you're facing things right now that matter. And you're, you're really in between making a decision that I'm going to trust God and believe God and be strong in the Lord and bring about his will, which usually isn't death, 
the loss of company. I just, I realized God's not into that stuff. He doesn't like destroying things except wicked. He likes to destroy wickedness. He certainly doesn't want to destroy you. But you're in between stuff right now. Your speech locates your heart. I want you to know while I was, that three weeks, my speech wasn't great. You can't fake it all you want. Like, have you ever said the right thing, but it's hollow? I remember the time Pastor Jurgen called me on that. Because this is a big honor church, you know what I mean? You found that out. They're always honoring somebody. Oh, they honored Dr. Matt again. They honored, honor, 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 honor. And I was like trying to honor with everybody else. So, but one day, Pastor Jurgen asked me out for coffee. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of nice. And he said, hey, uh, I noticed you say all the right words around honor. They're just hollow. It got worse. <laughs> then he said this. When Dr. Matt speaks, <laughs> I feel honored. And me, if you know anything about Dr. Matt, it's like, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. You know what I mean? Like, like we love each other. He's my favorite guy, but we just are like, oh, please don't compare me to him because I just, ah! But God, can, God knows how to humble you when he's trying to get something in you. <laughs> the problem was, is I was, I was saying all the right things at men's prayer. I had the rhetoric no substance. King's speech that stirs heaven means you have the word of God in you, not in your mind. I could have been quoting scriptures on peace all day long, but when you have peace, you can speak peace. Let's get the word in us. Last thing, we good? Bringing this home. The E that is in shake is you and I need equity in heaven that stirs the earth. Equity in heaven. Now, how do I get equity? What is equity anyway? It says, store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Why? So that when I retire in heaven one day, heaven's already got plenty of resource. Store up for yourself equity in heaven so that when God calls you to stir the earth and shift the earth, you have strength to come with. So how do I grow my potency? I don't wanna be weak. I don't wanna be shaken, I wanna shake, I wanna move things. I wanna be strong, I wanna be bedrock. How do I grow my equity position? My position of strength so that I become a person that can stir the earth, are you with me? I'm bringing this home, praise, we talked about that. You have no idea how powerful even the 10 seconds that we praised or the 20 minutes. Make praise. Don't let anybody bug you while you're praising God. Don't let that be the time to chat. Engage God. Build the equity. Prayer, honor. <laughs> Not hollow honor either. You know who you need to study if you want to learn how to honor? Dr. Matt, he's the best. <laughs> he really is. And I really, really learned like more than you could have any idea from him. Generosity, serving, power of the Holy Spirit. But I'm gonna end with this. What did I say earlier? 
This world is crazy. It's crazy. It's not necessarily going to get better right away. It's actually not going to get better until you get better. I'm just going to tell you, if you're waiting for the world to get better, for you to get better, the world's not going to get better. The only chance the world has of getting better is if you get better. You're the salt. But God made a way. You see, he left the treasure of heaven to come to the earth to become our equity. But you cannot stay in a place where you're dependent on your own strength, your own good works, your own ability. Even if you are obsessed and gifted, apart from God, you do not have the ability to live at peace in these crazy times, and you certainly don't have the ability to bring peace. But God wants to invite you in to a relationship with the Prince of Peace. He wants you to have his unshakable nature, his unshakable spirit, and you and I can have it. Jesus paid for it on the cross for you and I to access, to access peace that surpasses understanding, to access his resources of heaven that you didn't pay for, but you have inherited. Anybody interested? If you're in here right now, we're gonna bring this thing home right now. If you're in here, and you know you need a relationship with the Prince of Peace. For whatever reason, that's, that's how I see him right now and how he's introducing himself to you. This world is crazy. I have peace. I have the only thing this world can offer you. If you need a relationship with not only the King of Heaven but the Prince of Peace, and you know you don't have one, you know you've been shaken, you're unsteady, you're uncertain. If you need a relationship with him, I need you to put your hand up right now. Come on. Come on, I see it. Yep. If you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. Come on. I'm going to wait just a couple more seconds. Yes, we see you. Come on. Come on. Do not miss an opportunity to come into the family of the living God. All right, let's go. All right, let's bow our heads real quick. I'm going to pray. Repeat after me, all of us. Father God, I thank you for being unshakable, for being remarkable, for loving us, for never intending us to be shaken. We invite you in. Your nature, your presence, your life, your equity, your peace fill my heart. I realize I've been shaking. Come in to my heart. My trust and my hope is in you. Be my Savior, my Lord, and my Prince of Peace. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Okay, stand up to our feet real quick. I'm going to just bless you and we're going to get out of here. You got some announcements? Okay. Uh, just, if you are a person who relates to this message at all, can I just see a wave? Look around. Okay. The Word of God is always for you. I just want you to put your hands out like this. And I want you to get into a receiving posture. And I just say, Holy Spirit, right now, begin to strengthen your people for the hour we're in. 
You know the things that have been shaking them, disturbing them, disturbing their sleep, disturbing their hopes. We break the spirit of anxiety right now. And I just speak strength and courage into every single person in this room. I say strength and courage into the leadership team of Awaken as we have a big fight on our hands. I just pray this church would be strong and courageous. I pray that you would trust Awaken to do your business in the earth. God, and we speak to the city of San Diego and we say all wickedness and evil, your days are numbered, your days are over, you're being cut off. We may have seen you for a while, but your days are over in this city. And we declare the righteous are rising up. The righteous are inheriting the land. The righteous are being established. And I pray you would begin to establish your people in this city. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.